of finding the essence of the problem or your solution is really what this is about. Because if you can't have that kind of clarity, you can't have, I think, alignment of a team as it grows, right? The clearer you can be, the better decisions at every level. Welcome to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing here at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Ann Duane, co-founder and partner at Village Global. They're an early-stage venture capital firm backed by some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, some examples being Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Reid Hoffman, Sarah Blakely, Diane Green, and many, many more on their website. You can find those as well. Anne brings a lot to the table as an investor. She has experience as a founder, a venture-backed CEO, and public company executive. Prior to Village Global, she was CEO at Zinch, a network connecting students with colleges and scholarships. They were acquired by Chegg where she served as chief business officer with p responsibility before and after the IPO. She also previously co-founded Military.com, a social and professional network for service members and veterans that was acquired by Monster. Without further ado, here's Anne Duane, co-founder and partner at Village Global. Anne, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Justin. It's great to be here. Yes, I am excited to talk to you. There's so much with your backstory, your history as an executive, and then also with Village Global to get into. I'm curious to how you made that switch, though, that first kind of switch from, you know, executive operator to then you want to go on the venture side. How did that happen, Anne? Well, I am very grateful to people in my life who have pointed me in the right direction. And one of them was Dan Rosenzweig, who is CEO of Chegg. And I had always promised after Chegg bought the company I was running called Zinch that I would stay one year after the IPO. And as that date approached, Dan proactively said, you should get into venture because you love zero to one. You love early stage companies. Chegg had done a lot of M&A. And it was a tricky decision because I loved building. And I think what made it easier is the opportunity to build a new firm with great folks. Yeah, I love that. I think it's something I think about a lot with, with Vitalize and like why I'm enjoying this side of it too. It's like, we're essentially a startup, just like yes, global. Right. your startup yeah. itself, you happen to invest in other companies, which is how it goes. And and one thing curious too, with the angel side, I know we talked a little bit beforehand, but how did you start angel investing? Or when was the first angel investment you made? I'm curious from that perspective too. Well, I had a very advanced angel investing strategy, which was put money in the hands of my smart friends. <laughs> and you know, what's interesting is my first angel investment hasn't gone that well. It, you know, The company's still around, but it, it's not a rocket ship. And maybe that was good because I think if I had invested in Stripe or Airbnb, I would say I'm a genius at this. But the reality <laughs> is, um, you know, the odds are against all startups. And I always think that um, folks should angel invest for love and not money, for the love of startups, for the love of the process, for love of learning. And there can be money, but I think that's a bad motivation for getting into this early. It can be part of the calculus, but not the the whole reason. Yeah, and I've actually heard that repeated with a number of guests we've had on, which I love because it's, it is way more than just the capital. And obviously there is that amazing aspect of having that potential. Uh, but even talking to Stella Garber, she was the former director of head of marketing at, at Trello. And she said her first investment I think it was IPO'd, the second one failed. So she had the yes. duality right away in her first two angel investments, which is insane. And, and one of the things I want to go back to with your story, though, is just with Village Global, looking at it, you know, you want to start this firm. How was that process of starting it? What do you want this to become? Like, how do you think through that side of things? Well, I give a lot of credit to Ben Kesnoka and Eric Torenberg, who really conceived of the idea and then brought me in very early. But the idea was that 
social and professional networks have transformed so many aspects of life, but early stage venture was a little bit still a cottage industry. It relied on who you knew, and then it was kind of a hub and spoke system where there were individuals in the ecosystem and it was who they knew. And we thought, what if we really built a systemic network to advantage founders? And we would use some mechanisms that we didn't invent, but we just tried to apply in our own way. And the first of those is the Scout Network. So I'm sure you're familiar with Venture Scouts. And we love the idea of putting money in the hands of folks who are first call for other founders. And then providing them services to uh, better serve the founders they want to back. And then once uh, we back a founder with those angels, how do we put that collective wisdom of the community to work? And so founders at the same stage, or maybe a few steps ahead, up and into our LPs who are really successful entrepreneurs, but who still have love of the early stage game. And as those companies are breaking out, We've had some of those folks like Jeff Bezos or Ann Wojcicki from 23andMe invest directly in those startups. So really thinking about um, a network conceived of where everyone has a founder mindset, even if their companies are big. I love that. And that's something I actually heard about. I don't, I don't remember when the first time was I heard about Village Global, but obviously everyone, if you haven't heard it before and you see the investors and the LPs in it, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> you're so like confused by how amazing they are. And I'm curious what that looks like from their involvement or like how much they help or how that works. Like I've always been curious about that side of things with you guys too. Well, I think they're really excited about backing the next wave of remarkable founders and the way day to day that manifests for early stage founders is you can say I'm backed by Village Global, which is backed by some of those household names, which is really helpful in hiring or selling because startups don't have much brand recognition. But as a company breaks out, we've had um, a, Abby Johnson from Fidelity or um, just a whole host of people um, make game-changing introductions or, as I said, invest directly in follow-on rounds. So I think it is it is a real network. And then we just think about where is it stage appropriate to make the right connections. And and one thing, too, I want to go back to is just thinking about you starting kind of shifting into the venture side of things, investing more. We have a lot of people in our angel community, Vitalize Angels, who are executives or operators, or they're yeah. just trying to get into investing for the first time. A lot of them are non-accredited even just like trying to get into investing. Sure. And they are like, what is the process? What does that look like? How do I start evaluating companies? For you, like, what is that process at Village Global in terms of evaluating the startups at these early stages? I'd be curious to hear more about that. We think a lot about, again, we're, we're looking for um, scouts, or we call them network leaders that help us source and support companies. Um, and they can be experts from a certain company, like they could be um, looking for alumni of a a certain group. It could be um, people who are a functional expert, like a growth expert. It could be um, a sector expert, like, you know, AI or something like that. And generally, the biggest attribute is first call. There's, I like to say this, first call angels and last call angels. Last call angels are often trying to proxy hotness, and they're just trying to slip their money in. It's not a bad strategy, but what we're looking for is angels who are that first call. They're early, trusted, and helpful. And the reason for that is the way that we're able to back so many companies, and we've backed over 300 in the past four and a half years, is we have this uh, these amazing angel investors who are spending time and are almost like 
de facto board members often with the companies that they back. But then in terms of just screening companies, I think the best advice I got in looking at companies was insight. Comedians don't see a different world than the rest of us. They see the humor in the world. And entrepreneurs don't see it in a different world, but they see the opportunity. And can a founder describe that vision of the future compellingly? And compellingly is important because that founder or the founding team needs to bring along talent, customers, investors, all that kind of stuff. The other thing that it seems so important to look for is some person or team who is resourceful. And the funny part about that word resourceful is it means what you are when you're not full of resources. I mean, you know, you're you're figuring it out and making it happen. And the best definition I've ever heard of entrepreneurship is creating value beyond resources currently controlled. So looking for those people. And the fun part of this is there's some people who have insight based on years of experience in an industry or maybe having started a company before. But what makes the playing field in a sense level is it can be a beginner's mind that makes this all possible. Yeah, having that unique insight and a different perspective, which is interesting how we're seeing now in markets and serving different different areas in the market or different kind of underserved populations that have been kind of looked over. I think one company that comes to mind always with me is like, is Bevel. And when Tristan Walker yeah. had that idea and like how they serve, really target an underserved market and just knocked it out of the park with that. And there's so many examples of it now. We're seeing these opportunities. And I think to your point of like having these angels in Village Global, that network, you're just sourcing from all different areas. And you're, so you're finding that like all that talent. With that too, like what is, with you, you specifically, Anne, like what is your day-to-day -day like I'm curious in your role, <laughs> what does it look like for you? Yeah, well, as you know, um, time management is the trickiest part of this business. And probably it's the trickiest part of everyone's life, to be honest with you, right? <laughs> it's the most valuable currency. And But my day is different every day because we're doing a mix of things. So we support the portfolio companies and mainly by making connections within the community, not you know, I say, I don't know, but I know people who know, right, in, our, in the community. We're um, working with those network leaders. And interestingly, we have a new initiative that we recently launched is in addition to uh, backing scouts, so putting money in the hands of angels who can invest in companies, we now saw this trend of more angels going pro, right, raising funds. So um, we're backing emerging managers and um, generally with very small funds, but can be you know a little bit bigger. And we just feel like that's an important, it's the same strategy, but an important way to access some of those first call people. So we're continuing to get to know more emerging managers as well as those angel investors. And then we do support fundraising of our company. So we're really active in the investor ecosystem. And with supporting emerging managers, what are you looking for within the people you back in terms of those emerging managers? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's similar to what we look for in angels, which is what's that unique perspective? And then in, because it's so competitive, right? There's so many dollars yeah. chasing founders today. And, and to be clear, I did my career in the wrong order. I should have been <laughs> uh, an investor back then, which was very elite and I'm um, a founder now, I think. But anyway, um, uh, there were some tough days in 2001 and 2008 as a founder, I got to tell you, um, Ooh, yeah. the, the, those are the crucible moments. But the thesis and then the why it, founders would choose that fund, right, as an investor, that's just, I think, essential for two reasons. 
I think clarity will enable people to do high performance uh, work because there's so much noise in the ecosystem today. Yeah. And on that note, you, I think I quoted, I think maybe on the website of Village Global around finding simplicity beyond complexity being something that like, how do you f- help founders with that? Or even now with working at emerging managers and angels, like find that simplicity among the complexity that is, you know, venture capital. The simplest, and there's a couple of pieces of advice in here. One is don't borrow a problem from tomorrow. So for example, sometimes people say, well, what if this happens? And then this happens. And I'm like, well, <laughs> the good thing <laughs> is we don't have to deal with that hurdle. Now let's, let's make sure we get to what's really important. The other thing is, I think there's an old adage, which is you don't really understand something unless you can teach it to somebody else, right? And maybe even like a middle school person or, you know, something, someone who's not um, an expert in the field. And I think that's really important because some startup pitches try to boil the ocean and they try to share all this data or something like that. Data is important, but kind of finding the essence of the problem or your solution is really what this is about. Because if you can't have that kind of clarity, you can't have, I think, alignment of a team as it grows, right? The clearer you can be, the better that uh, the team can be uh, empowered to make decisions at every level. One thing too, just thinking about that with you mentioned right there, and like you mentioned the Emerging Managing Program and you've done a lot of interesting things with Village Global and thinking kind of differently. What does that look like in terms of you and the team talking through the initiatives you want to start, what you focus on? Because you're doing some really cool things in the industry, and I'm curious on how you think through that and the impact that it'll have in the future too. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, I think that new initiatives have to be tight with the original story of venture as a network, right? And yeah. again, we're more adapting to the people than changing what we're doing or even, in a sense, adding on. It was the reason we're backing emerging managers is more of angels wanted to raise their own funds. And we saw the opportunity to be part of that movement. Otherwise, we probably, you know, it would be harder to work with them. So I think that this is a key for all of us as entrepreneurs and, and entrepreneurial investors, which is to be really responsive to the to the environment and just do the strategy check. Does it fit with what our strengths are and what our values are and then what our true north, you know, vision is. With the last couple of years, you know, launching Village Global and then to today, I mean, it's been a number of years now, you've gotten to the investing side of things. For you, like what's helped you progress, learn, you know, feel more confident in your conviction? I'm curious about that. It's a great question. I mean, I will tell you that my perspective on things like advice has changed a lot. So I feel like when the... Uh, technology or markets were moving slower, you could ask people, what did you do? And frankly, your venture lead investor might be able to tell you, oh, five years ago, exactly, here's what we did and you should go do it. But now we really feel like the community, peer founders at the same stage or maybe one step ahead have the answers because the stack I used five years ago at, at Chegg is not relevant today at all, right? I don't think most of those companies even existed, right? So I think conviction comes at our stage from people and the team's ability to um, communicate what trends they're surfing and then reasons to believe that they can figure it out because things are moving so fast. And 
often what we're doing are founder bets, if you, if you will. I hate using the term bets because it sounds like it's just gambling. But the ability for to have confidence and that they can figure it out and that they will be relentless in figuring it out. So there's that, uh, you know, level of grit. <laughs> with that too, so you, going back to what you mentioned with the emerging managers, why do you think there are so many people who then want to go from angels to r- running a fund or a micro fund versus staying angels? You know, like, why are you even seeing these shifts? I'm curious. Well, investing is pretty fun, right? I, um, yeah. <laughs> agree. <laughs> well, agree. I think there is, and, and I, I think the portfolio aspect of investing, which is you get to think about different challenges and different opportunities and learn different spaces is fundamentally attractive. So I think we're probably evolved to like sampling from the environment and finding little hidden gems, get some dopamine hits from that. So I think it is very attractive. It doesn't have the same satisfaction of creating some something as a team, because some venture at least is kind of an individual sport. We try to make it as big a team sport as it is, but at the end of the day, we have decentralized decision-making and different people are making decisions. So, but I'm hopeful that this is, as Andreessen Horowitz would say, the age of ownership, and that um, I'm really hopeful that by enabling more people to have stakes in private companies as well as public companies, whether that's through whatever kinds of investing, we have a different approach to to things upside, like you know, basically financial upside for opportunities for all, and a long term perspective, and this vision that of being part of it to make one and one equal eleven. Because I think that there's great benefit in saving. But there is huge upside, naturally, for individuals in society where people are investing for the future. Yeah. And, and with you seeing so many different companies and you know, without going into specifics, but like, what are you seeing in terms of trends you're excited about, industries you're excited about? I'm always curious because I talk to a lot of different investors and everyone has their own opinions. But for you, Anne, what are you most excited about now <laughs> that you're seeing? Well, I love um, human learning and machine learning. And the best is when there's teaming up and to make people superhuman. So I think that that idea of technology applied to make humans better, not to replace humans, right, but to really um, augment them is really exciting in many dimensions. Also, I would say that I'm fascinated with new business models. So I remember the creation of SaaS. I remember uh, (laughs) and loved buy now, pay later, right? But I think this new um, forms of participation and just in terms of pay as you go, maybe some, they call them bounty hunter models where you get paid for the value you create or a new model called assurance versus insurance versus, um, so instead of you paying a premium so nothing happens, a service provider comes along and says, I'll take care of it, here's the flat fee. And that service provider may actually make a margin because they can provide a better uh, risk profile and they're getting rewarded for that, but it it cleans up the ecosystem. And I'm just excited for the kind of transparency and participation that can happen with Web3 and crypto. And that's very trite, but uh, it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to see. Yeah, there's a lot that's happening that's really exciting in the industry. And and one of the last things I want to talk about is just with your experience being a CEO, a high-level executive, and now coming into the kind of you know venture side of things, again, we see a lot of that with the Andrew community we have as well. People are 
operators curious about investing. One of my good friends, actually, he's uh, like a Series A, Series B startup he started. And now he's like so curious about this angel investing side of things. How do you think it impacts you or helps you in terms of having that background of being you know, founder and also executive to now investing? Well, hopefully empathy with founders and the ability to be a good thought partner with founders. And I, I would advise any angel, angel investor, think about what value they want to add. And sometimes that's just as a human and a sounding board. Sometimes it's functional expertise, sector expertise, and something like that. But I'll never forget Aiden Senkut at Felicis in, or very early in his venture career. He didn't have the giant funds that he has now and the giant yep. great team. When he invested in um, the company I was running called Zinch, he said, what one thing can I help you with? What's the most important thing? And I'll try to work on that. And again, that was super. And so you don't have to do it all. You just focus on your zone of genius and the founders you enjoy supporting. I love that. I think just from having talked to uh, you know Stella Garber, one pair I mentioned on the show on the Vitalize podcast, and she gets the investor updates uh, you know every, every the first day of every month or whatever it ends up being. And she sees at the bottom, how can I help? And she always just tries to at least find one thing she can do for those founders. And I love that thought of that because that compounds over time to help those founders and not only builds your reputation, but obviously helps your companies that you're invested so much into. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's like one thing. Can you make one intro? Can you do one thing? And that just helps as a mental perspective of like, how do I manage all these companies? It's like, just, just try to help them with one thing and you're good. Exactly. And as we wrap things up here, I'm just curious, what's the best way for people to reach out to find you again contact with village global well i'm just ann ann and e at villageglobal.vc or on twitter and uh would love to hear from folks perfect we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes as well the vitalizedpodcast.com and thank you for coming on the show today justin thank you so much amazing hey thanks for listening if you want to learn more about us head on over to vitalize.vc you can also follow us on twitter at vitalizedvc Or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.